0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. It's your business to know about the law and how it's affecting every aspect of your life. It's your business to know about what's happening that's really important in the media front, particularly as it relates to the law. And so that's why I'm really excited about uh, John O'Connor joining our uh, media team here. Uh, He'll be doing uh, reoccurring commentaries on business, the law, the political front, and the media. And we're delighted to have him join us. Uh, he's distinguished in uh, the legal perfection. Uh, he is an experienced trial lawyer practicing law in San Francisco since the early 70s. And he has tried cases in state and federal courts throughout the country. He served as an assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California representing the United States in both criminal and civil cases. But he may be best known for his work as the attorney of Mark Felt, whom most of you know as Deep Throat in the uh, Watergate uh, situation. And uh, he became very familiar with the role of the Washington Post in Watergate in his representation of Mark Felt. And so uh, he brings a lot of experience. He also wrote briefs regarding uh, Patty Hearst, the United States versus Patty Hearst, and really had himself involved in some of the biggest lawsuits of the uh, 20th century, representing the uh, federal government uh, in the vast majority of those cases. So we're delighted to have him. He's going to be bringing his interesting insights uh, every other week here on the Price of Business show. You can learn more about him and his work at postgatebook.com. That's postgatebook.com. And that's the name of uh, the, the book that uh, he talks about most often. It relates to media, Postgate. And, again, that's postgatebook.com. All right, with that, John O'Connor.
1: Thanks, Kevin. The Price of Business has asked me to discuss conspiracy theories. As the new Republican-controlled House is soon to be seated the Democratic yells are loud that any congressional investigation of Hunter Biden is part of just another, quote, conspiracy theory, unquote, promulgated by right-wing partisans. This charge raises the question, which conspiracy theories are indeed elaborate ruses, and which are reasonably based in fact? The words conspiracy theory, standing alone, constitute a meaningless phrase. Virtually every white-collar criminal prosecution is based in conspiracy. For example, Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos Ignomini and her co-conspirator Sonny Balwani were recently proven beyond a reasonable doubt guilty to have criminally conspired to defraud Vestors. So many conspiracy theories are solidly provable. The salient inquiry then is which alleged conspiracies are grounded in evidence and which are not. But sadly for the professedly intellectual left-leaning media, their claims of false conspiracies of the right do not have the same record of evidentiary success as the corresponding narratives of the supposedly unwashed, quote, right-wing, unquote, they so arrogantly dismiss. Hunter Biden's tableau, helpfully for this discussion, Features equal and opposite conspiracy theories. Supposedly crazy conservatives had long contended that there was a basis for a corruption investigation, while snobbish lefty elites suggested that the laptop claims were in fact Russian disinformation, causing most media and tech companies to deplatform the story during the 2020 election. Thus, a false conspiracy theory of the left clearly pushed Joe Biden into the White House because the consequent quashing of the story prevented most voters from learning about potential corruption at the top of the Biden team. Of course, as any person with an ounce of sense would have reasonably inferred, the Russians would have had no capability to forge thousands of emails accompanied by private pictures of the dissolute young Biden. And if the laptop is what it seemed to be, then Hunter admitted to his daughter that he shared fees with his father, seemingly for influence peddling to rival foreign actors. It also shows that the quote, big guy, unquote, was cognizant of Hunter's businesses and indeed was set to own 10% of a concealed Chinese venture. Of course, the mother of all competing conspiracy claims is Russiagate. The fable that candidate Donald Trump colluded with Russian President Vladimir Putin was enthusiastically embraced by such luminaries as James, Cardinal, Comey, and his FBI headquarters, the Mueller special counsel team, and of course, the mainstream media. Yet, 20 minutes on the internet would have revealed to anyone with average reading comprehension that the claims were an obvious canard. After all, the individuals behind the cartoonish fantasies of the Steele dossier, which purportedly exposed Putin's pro-Trump wrongdoing, were all Russian intelligence plants or oligarchic agents working to help, not hurt, Hillary Clinton. So the anti-Clinton deplorables were proven correct when they claimed that Russian collusion was nothing but a hoax, literally a false conspiracy theory. A side note, while Robert Mueller himself cannot be criticized for a team managed by others, his office repeatedly implied that Professor Joseph Mifsud was a Russian-connected individual, whereas, in fact, he was an agent of a friendly Five Eyes country sent in to trap lowly aide George Papadopoulos. Thus, the truth, even from the special counsel's lawyers, was significantly bent toward a false conspiracy. When the COVID pandemic exploded on the world scene, many sensible citizens inferred, one would think reasonably, that this super-lethal virus was created artificially in the Wuhan Virology Center near the outbreak's epicenter. But no, we were told by our health officials, this virus came from a nearby wet market via a bat whose home was hundreds of miles away. Anybody who reasoned otherwise was dubbed a conspiracy theorist, deplatformed and reviled by the partisan mainstream media and their credulous followers. However, weeks before the epidemic hit the United States, alert scientists uncovered the genomic sequencing of the virus, showing artificial patches, that is sequence CGG-CGG, which do not occur in nature. As John Stewart observed, if a river of chocolate was flowing through downtown Hershey, Pennsylvania, maybe, just maybe, the chocolate leaked from the nearby chocolate factory. But guilty health officials muffled this evidence as just another conspiracy theory. Unwitting Americans then obediently took their cues from Dr. Anthony Fauci, a concealed sponsor of the reckless gain-of-function research at Wuhan, closely monitored by the Chinese military. So who was the purveyor of knowingly false narratives affecting our entire country? Once again, the media championed it while criticizing common-sense skeptics who dissented. One prominent conspiracy charge is that of election denialism. There is no doubt that a blanket claim of a stolen election touts a far more simplistic picture than fits the facts. In contrast, a more provable and malleable allegation of unenforced election safeguards covers a multitude of clearly proven sins of election maladministration. But contrast this with the absurd averments that the 2020 election was the, quote, most secure, unquote, in American history, and that anyone who suggests otherwise is telling the, quote, big lie. Many critics of the 2020 election believe that Biden probably, or most likely, won the election. But this seeming consensus misses the point. Election doubts are not good for democracy. The best foundation for intelligent, rational doubt about the 2020 election comes from an insightful piece in Atlantic Magazine of September 30, 2020, months before the election, quoting leftish Brookings Institution election experts. In short... The percentages of projected disqualified votes in urban centers based on historical statistics is analyzed in the article together with the confident opinion that these percentages should rise with the influx of first-time mail-in voters, thereby jeopardizing Biden's campaign, which the article did not like. However, the projected disqualified ballots never materialized by a factor as high as 90%. Thus, in a pandemic year, while there are many reasonable inferences explaining this precipitate drop in disqualified ballots, they are not all false conspiracy theories so much as they are principled narratives of citizens with imperfect information. Limitations of space do not permit full examination of so-called climate denial, but it suffices to say, contra Al Gore and John Kerry, that 97% of scientists most assuredly do not claim proof that most, underline most, warming is human cause. Every rational scientist, however, does believe that there is some warming likely from increased CO2, but amount undetermined. Equilibrium Climate Sensitivity, or ECS, is the amount of temperature rise calculated for a doubling of CO2 levels. Present levels show increases of about 50% since pre-industrial times. On paper, this ECS is calculated, without projecting feedbacks, to be approximately 1.1 degrees centigrade, a very livable increase far below the acceptable 2% metric of the Paris Accords. The scientific unknown is the amount of feedbacks, either positive or negative, changing the ECS of 1.1 degrees centigrade. However, among scientists receiving or seeking lucrative grants, computer programs hypothesize over 3 degrees Celsius for the ECS, clearly a highly speculative amount given the admittedly poorly understood cloud formation mechanics on which feedbacks are based. No satellite or ground measurements have backed up this wild amplification hypothesis. So are climate quote deniers unquote false conspiracy theorists or are they scientifically grounded skeptics? The New York Times recently noted that only 50% of Democrats, a disturbingly low number, trust the media. But of breathtaking significance, only 14% of Republicans have such faith in the media, which they view as consistently wrong, whether from ignorant bias or deliberate shading of the truth. The Times places the blame for this lack of trust on quote, conspiracy theories, unquote, mainly those of Donald Trump and his cohorts. But in fact, much of Trump's appeal has come from tapping into an already widespread sense of grievance over, quote, fake news, unquote. It may be wishful thinking, but at some point, the legacy media should look in the mirror and, like the comic strip character Pogo, proclaim, we have met the enemy and it is us.